Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's The Big Show. Is everybody ready? Today is Tuesday, right? Take extra care to follow the instructions or you'll be put to sleep. And don't forget Taco Tuesdays. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It is the Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, broadcasting live from our Carrier Zone Studios here at Vivint Arena. By the way, shout out to the good folks at Carrier. Not only is uh, our buddy Mike from Any Hour Services here, but it's working overtime in this studio today. The Carrier is working. Let me tell you, it's frosty. Uh, Austin Horton producing today across the glass from us. Yeah, Gordon, I walked in here today and it's like, oh, yeah, that air's on. It's on. You know, I hope Austin doesn't get embarrassed by me saying this and he's outside the studio right now. So you might as well say it. Should I say it? (laughs) Or should I say it about him when he can hear me? That's all right. I'm sure we'll repeat it. Um, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm swimming here for one second because he's getting Hey, Austin. One one thing I really appreciate about you is your verbiage, because you have gotten really creative with the way you use the language, and and I have come to appreciate that. In what know? way? Well, I, you know, it's about time I've been speaking this language since I was like two. So I, I know, but you were trying to actually fight it there for a while and uh, and be more standard in the things you say, but really, it's rather entertaining now. Would really? you agree? I, I, uh, That's a bunch of Bolshevik. Always found Austin incredibly entertaining. No, but I mean, never mind. I don't mean to say he wasn't ever entertaining before. He Sounded just, that way. A he's little more bit. entertaining now. Can I ask you a question? Uh oh. Yes, sir. Did you guys see any of uh, Dak Prescott's post game availability last night? I did, I did not watch it. I he heard. had a a suit on, head to toe, that was the exact same mint color as your hat. Is that right? Yeah. Is, is, is that a like mint? It? Is that a mint green? I don't How know. Would what would you consider this, Jake? That's pretty. That's pretty minty. Is it like mint chocolate chip? You see, yeah, you see what I'm doing here. You see. You see. You see, what I, you see what I got going there? Gonna make another gif of you. <laughs> yeah, it's matching. Yeah. That's true. Anyway, I, just decide. I don't question. often wear this one, but uh, I, 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 you know, if you like it, if it gets the stamp of approval, then I'll, I'll put it in a rotation. I didn't say that. I just was wondering <laughs> if you saw Dak Prescott's suit. <laughs> the whole suit was this color? Head to toe, yep. Well, he. some people can pull that off. Looked like he was straight out of Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> so you're saying he couldn't pull it off? He could. He's got the physique. He's fine. You think they... What do you think the regret rate is on that, like the those loud wardrobes? What do you think the regret <laughs> rate is based on time past? Does that make any sense? Like, like a graph? Like, yeah, like if, if Dak looks back on that in five years and goes, okay, that's still cool. Ten years, does he look back and go, oh, what I was, what was I thinking? And 15 years, he says, burn that. Well, I, I think that, Gordon, you've lived through a couple decades oh, uh, yeah, of yeah, different yeah, fa- fashion yeah, trends. You, Do you, you ever look that. back on your pictures and go, what was I doing? Oh, all the time. Yeah. In fact, I was talking to an old buddy of mine, Hurler, hope you're doing well. Uh, and we were. La- he, sh- he showed me, he sent me a picture. He sent me a picture of what he's wearing. And i got to show you this, Jake. Uh, it'll probably take me a minute to find it, but... And you'll you'll know exactly what 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 I feel sometimes. And so I would say, watch out to everybody before you. On the other hand, you only live once, right? So if it was cool at the time, then you know you'd probably get away with that. Yeah, all right. Like I see, I, I see it. my pictures of when I had a bowl cut, uh-huh. and I remember my mom, a hairdresser, begging me to not ever make her do a bowl cut on me. Wow, looking good there. It's yeah. not me. It's my friend. But 
Were you selling cars in a back alley? <laughs> it does look a little car salesman-y. Looks like the it? dad on Matilda. <laughs> Earlier. He's, he's got the, uh, he, describe it, we are doing radio here. Uh, he's got the, the, the kind of uh, form fitting at the top and the bell bottoms at the bottom with the big cuff that's dragging on the ground. With the tie, you could land a. a show Mike there. Mike's, Mike's uh, back. Show Mike there. I mean, yeah. what were we thinking back then? Exactly. I think most everything has has that factor to it. Yeah. I just think you know a suit that color. There it is. <laughs> yeah, on the just TV. flashed oh, yeah. on the TV. Uh-huh. A suit that color. You're you're gonna look back and you go, all right, what was I thinking? But how long does that take? Yeah, uh, but for me, a minute. He's yeah. an NFL quarterback, though, fellas. You can get away with that stuff, and and go with the flow. Looks like he's lost his way on on to to the find the uh, barbershop quartet convention. A little bit. Yeah. What uh, do you have an example from your own life? That you uh, the bowl cut. I, Anything else? I mean, like parachute style pants. Yeah, baggy yeah, pants. Yeah. 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 Uh huh. Seemed like that one went completely the opposite way in like a twenty year span. Oh yeah. They oh yeah they were like the size of a tent going they covered your whole shoe yeah and now it's like can you get them over your sock I don't know I hear it's going back the other way so yeah, told me yeah the that's other day. what I've been told as well but I see I, this is why I just get the same I've cut given up. Yeah, yeah right yeah. it doesn't matter who cares well try explaining that to our wives oh, oh my I've, wife is fine yeah she's yeah. fine with that really yeah. yeah. They don't go with the, uh, the, the you know, the uh, fashionable seasonal stuff. Well, for her, maybe, but yeah. she doesn't care what I wear. No, no, I'm yeah. talking about her. Yeah, well, well, she can do whatever choice, she, yeah. she wants. Yeah, my uh, my wife is not, um, like, uh, she can she can have some somewhat trendy stuff, but she's not really bendable, if that makes any sense. She doesn't just blow in the wind. No, and she's pretty all about value, and she's a, a fairly thrifty person, so getting caught up in the latest and greatest isn't really her style. Yeah, all right. Well, sometimes there's a, a lot of good stuff out there, but uh, as far as the guys go, I, I was a part of the first bell-bottom wave. I remember that, and that was first that. and last. Oh, I thought, of, uh, I thought they're, they're they, kind of coming. They've come like, back yeah. a couple times, haven't they? I no. saw, I saw at the at the uh, what was the uh, the Emmys? There was a guy wearing a bell bottom suit. That's a little cringeworthy now, but it, 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 if it's coming back, it's coming back. That's the thing. You live, you live a few years, like you said, Austin, and you see it. You see everything. And I've got stuff. I've got suits that are older than you guys. Heck, I've got suits that are older than me. <laughs> <That's your dad. laughs> All right. Should we actually do something productive as, right. as yeah, fun yeah. as this fashion uh, convo uh, really is? Should we, should we dive into the split story of the day, Gordon? Let's do it. All right. Let's go ahead. Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk. Give me two. This is the split story of the day on 975-1280 the zone. And the zone sports network. As for now, nothing um it's no not for the season. So we're still evaluating some some injuries. We'll add some guys that, that didn't practice that could have gone in the game last week but didn't practice as much. And I'm not gonna play a guy in the game if, if they didn't really have a lot of practice time. And so we'll add those guys today. They'll be able to practice and participate and get ready for that Utah State game on Friday. Other than that, I think the only one that would be highly doubtful is Caleb Christensen, which is sad because he's he's from that area and, and uh, I was looking forward to going back home and performing in front of his family and friends out there. But uh, that's the only one that's highly doubtful for now. All right, Gordon, BYU-Utah State going down on Friday. We'll have the game here on the Zone Sports Network. Our guy, Scotty G, on the call. Uh, but before we get to the football, big BYU news that came down about an hour ago. This is something that you've uh, talked about in column form, Gordon. But uh, BYU will play Notre Dame again. That will happen. October 8th, 2022. So coming up very soon here next year. Uh And it will be at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. Well, you're the one that thought that that would be uh, a great place to play that game. I think it's a terrific solution. Yeah. I really do. I I, I think it's great. And, hey, the opportunity, if you're a big-time BYU fan, there that's a vacation excuse right there. <laughs> that's an excuse to f- pile saying, into the family truckster and cruise on down to Vegas to watch your team play Notre Dame. Are you saying the BYU fans hit the tables? 
I don't know. There are a lot of things to do in Vegas, Gordon. Yeah, there are. Been there many times. I'm not much of a gambler, but I do go to Vegas, uh, have gone to Vegas through the years yeah. for many sporting events and spent a lot of time there. And I've gone there just to go to shows and whatnot. So that's that's really good news. And that tells you a little something about the progress in perception that BYU football is making. Uh, here's the quote from Tom Homo. Quote, this has been a process with a lot of back and forth to be able to find a return game in the series that would work for both sides. We feel very good about playing this game in Las Vegas, where Cougar Nation always shows out and look forward to an incredible matchup and atmosphere. Says Tom. That's going to be a hot ticket because Notre Dame uh, has been known to have a lot of fans. In a lot of places. Right. So there's going to be battles for tickets. And there's a lot of people that want to go to Vegas. I mean, that'll be a sellout for sure. Oh, there's no doubt. And But who's going to have the advantage crowd-wise? Probably depends on ticket allotment, I would bet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Notre Dame fans, the times that I've been to a football game at Notre Dame, I mean, people fly in from all over the world to watch Notre Dame play football. And so going to Vegas, I mean, where would you rather go, South Bend or, or Vegas? To vacation, Vegas. So I'll be very curious to see who has the crowd advantage there because normally in Vegas it would be BYU. Uh, they outsell everybody down there, even teams in Las Vegas. But Notre Dame, I don't know. The Cougars may have met their match on that one. And that's why I think there will be real wrangling going on for those tickets. Well, I'll tell you this. You know, everybody, if there are people out there complaining, well, it was a return game for BYU that they owed and on and on and on. This was as good as you were going to get. Yeah. Yeah. They weren't coming back to Provo. It wasn't going to happen. It was a solution like this or nothing. And this is a really good solution. It's a great matchup. It's a great venue. And I expect it to be a fun game to attend. I, I would understand why tickets would be in high demand. And BYU may have the advantage. I'm not, I'm not sure of that. I, I don't know how that's going to go. Notre Dame uh, has so many fans everywhere. But, yeah, that's, that's good news. That's good news for BYU. They should uh, – Tom Homo. Tom's on a bit of a roll lately, he? Isn't continues he? to be a magician. Is the is the statue for him done down there? Have they <laughs> signed him to a just a what what what's the contract LeBron signed with Nike? Where Till Death Do Us Part. Right. Is that the the kind of deal Tom is inked down there? Maybe even beyond that. Down there, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. He may be getting celestial money. But so wait, you guys are you don't think at all, even a little bit, that he should have held Notre Dame to their contract? I don't think there was a way to hold Notre Dame to their contract. They signed a contract, didn't they? Yeah, They're Notre freaking Dame. They break that stuff all the time. I think there's some principle involved here which, that you're okay, sacrificing. So which would you rather do? Would you rather get a bit of a payoff from Notre Dame, or would you rather uh, organize the game so that it can happen in, in Vegas? Which is better. Uh, if it's if it's my gig on the line, yeah, I've, you want to make the game happen. But there's a big part of me that there's a lot of pride being swallowed down there in Provo to say Notre Dame can do what they want, when they want, where they want. But they can. That's the thing. <laughs> I, but it still and, is but, not right. Some people are more equal than others, now, right? Now, I, I don't know this for a fact, obviously, but I would speculate that BYU could have taken a buyout on this game a long time ago. But they've been holding on to the fact that they want the game. And, and they're going to get the game. And I think they believe that they can have a lot of Cougar fans in that stadium. Well, here's I don't, the, I don't here's, know what their cut is. I don't know how that works relative to the way it would be if they were playing at Lavelle's. The biggest factor here is they can send sell this independently of both of their own television contracts to what I would assume would be ESPN, which gives you an additional buyout plus the gate where you probably just split it 50-50 and... BYU, I'm sure, will come away with more than they ever would have gotten from a buyout, and then it's worth it to Notre Dame to get up off the couch. You think Notre Dame splits it 50-50 with BYU? Uh, I was just about to say, if Notre Dame can do what they want, where they want, how they want, they're not doing but 50 But to Austin's point, they owed a home game. So, you know, and they were going to have to pay out on that regardless, so why not create a scenario where everybody can walk away happy? I like it. I mean... 
But Austin is, you know, he's a little bit revenge oriented. No, I get it. No, I I don't think. totally. (laughs) I honestly don't think Austin's alone in his opinion on that. I'm not saying it was the wrong move. I just don't like it as much as you do. I'm not dismissing it, but I do like it. So that's that's where we're a little bit different there. And I don't know how many neutral sites there are where BYU would outdraw Notre Dame. And could actually get them to come That's a place they could do it. Yeah. And, And I don't know if it'll happen. Because, like I no, said, they the would Irish have, have an to... awful lot of fans all over the country. See, and they could have, I, I'm sure, you know, suggested a neutral game long ago and said, we'll play at Soldier Field or yeah, something like yeah, that, yeah. And, and Notre Dame would have gladly done it. But now that they've got that new stadium in Vegas, that's a big magnet. It is. It's a huge magnet. And, uh, yeah, I mean, BYU in particular should should use that. But I would say Utah schools in general. Have Utah work out a big-time neutral site game against a big opponent down in Vegas? I'm, I'm sure you fans would, would gladly go down there. Oh, I mean, the beauty yeah. of that is, is not only is it a, a certainly reasonable drive, but flights to Vegas are, are extraordinarily reasonable and happen all day long. Which would you do, fly or drive? I've done that's both. All, that's always the question, going it's, to Vegas. Fly or drive? It depends on what I'm doing and who I'm going with. You mean if you're going with someone you actually like spending time with, you wouldn't mind being in the car? Well, do I need to go anywhere? Or am I just going to one spot and... Well, you can take that monorail. You can take uh, you, you know, take a cab. You can take a limo. I don't, however stay. You I don't stay on the strip, man. <laughs> I yeah, stay, but you still got to get around. I stay in downtown you Vegas. Take an Uber. So, am I going to downtown Vegas and staying in downtown Vegas for the weekend, or am I doing other things? You other things? You're, yeah, definitely. No, no, no. I, the, the best Vegas trips are the ones you go and just stay in one spot. That's why you've got to pick your spot. Well. You like the old strip. That's what I'm saying. Downtown. Yeah. I see now. What's so great about downtown? Uh, it feels like you're actually in Las Vegas instead of some sort of fam- fantasy land. It's much. That's what Vegas is—a fantasy but it's, land. It's much more. It's much smaller. So there's, if you are walking and going from casino to casino, you're not uh, investing half your day because they maze you in and out of God knows where. And uh, tables are much more affordable. Rooms probably usually a little more affordable. The, several nice pools. The the pool at the Nugget has a shark tank in the middle, which is pretty sweet. Is that where you usually stay? Uh, that's probably my favorite, yeah. Oh. All right. You don't stay in some dingy but, but why? But I don't. Somewhere. But that's the thing. I'll fly if I'm doing that because I don't, I don't need to go anywhere. I don't need my car. Just get a cab from the airport and then let the good times roll. Let the good times roll. But if I'm going down there with the fam, yeah, want the car. If I'm going down to play golf, car. Speaking of letting the good times roll. Mike is here. Mike, uh, how do you feel about watching LSU get crushed by UCLA in that game at the Rose Bowl? Um, you know, I don't care. You don't care? Well, I mean, here's my father-in-law stopped taking me to football games with him. He's a Cougar fan. And uh, when I first married his daughter, he was trying to bond with me and he would take me. He had season tickets and we would go to the game. And there were a few times where I'm just not one of those sports fans that gets so wrapped up in it that like my feelings get hurt. Like I'm not getting, I'm not out there on the field making it happen. But you being from Louisiana, I thought, you know. But, but my point is, is that like I don't know that I would ever think to myself, I had a hand in whether they won or lost. So, like, no, I'm not happy to see them lose, but I also lost zero sleep over it. See, I saw a survey once that said that 77% of those who attend games believe their presence at the event will have some effect on the outcome. I believe it. I, I, you believe it, but you don't believe it. Sorry, I believe that they believe yeah. that. Believe the survey. <laughs> yes. I, but, I, but would answer to the negative if asked the same question? I, hey, to each his own. Yeah. I'm not one to begrudge somebody for believing that they you know, are going to have 
like some kind of outcome on the game, like the ref is going to change his mind because you're behind him yelling, yeah, whatever. You know, I've, I've seen it happen too many times where hmm, it doesn't happen that way. So, did I, you ever bond with your father in law? Did that work out? Yes, we bonded, but not over. Like he stopped taking me to games because he would no he would say things like "We did this" or "We didn't do that," and I was like, eh, "You you weren't a part of that. You weren't playing." Uh, <laughs> but he's one of those seventy seven percent that probably thinks yeah. he has a uh, you know influence on the outcome of the game. He is our good friend Mike Wilson from Any Hour Services here present in studio. We're talking electrical, plumbing, air conditioning, Ogden to Nephi to Willow to Park City. And what specific are we getting into today? Well, uh, with the weather, mechanical, yeah, technical, technical, yeah. (laughs) With the with the weather changing, uh, you know, it's. I just want to talk to people about things that we can do to start getting our furnaces ready for winter, and possibly the benefits of having, uh, you know, an additional person like a professional that knows what they're doing come out and also go through the system. All right. So, for those who, who might not know or haven't heard you on the show before, Mike, sure. let's get into what the furnace tune-up entails with any hour. Well, tune-up is just the term that we use to describe the manufacturer's recommended maintenance and inspection items. So, your furnace has a lot of uh, safety features built into it that are designed to make sure that the thing, that the gas ignites, that it stays lit, and that it is not going to overheat. You know, want you want it to function the way that it should. So, the manufacturers want someone that knows what they're looking at to come out and make sure that the thing is safe and it's running efficient. So when you in addition to those things that we do, like changing the filter, and, and we'll talk, you know, throughout the program today about a bunch of things that we can do, there is some benefit to having a professional come out there and put their gauges on and check the function of the furnace because uh, you know more than even your air conditioner when it comes to checking your furnace there's a safety uh, element involved there's tons of safety things built into it and they want to make sure that those are working because if you don't have something that is there to check and see if it overheats and shut it down if it does you can cause your furnace to go out sooner than than it needs to so there's there's just a bunch of stuff that you need to have somebody go through that you probably don't know how to check Gordon knows how to check yeah, those things yeah, but, but, but yeah but the average so, homeowner so mike what are we going to do to make it worth our listeners time to uh, actually you know give you guys a call we're going to save them some money a lot i think it's a lot make if you, it good that's all i'm saying it's don't don't come here with some sort of lame offer make it really really good well i don't know that i appreciate the aggression that's coming at me right now from <laughs> your side of the table like you you just assume that i i'm not going to come with a good deal no no like no you, that's not what no you usually come with a good deal but i'm talking about a great deal see i think that i like i shove you a little bit to get it from good to great you're like a good coach you're yeah. going to push me to to bring my best yeah and oh. i've done it before and it's worked it has. Okay, here's almost got you fired once, but I mean it worked. Yeah, that are were you trying to say that that was the best thing for me? <laughs> anyway, all right. So here's <laughs> here's the deal today. Normally we charge ninety nine dollars to come out and go through the system top to bottom, check all of the manufacturer's recommended maintenance and inspection items. Uh, it takes about an hour to go through the system and make sure that it's doing what it's supposed to. But tonight. You would think that like 50% off would be a good deal, right? I mean, yeah. that's half price. Yeah. Well, I'm going to give you a better deal than that. So, 70% off oh. or $70 off. So, instead of $99, any zone listener that calls in before the program's done today and schedules a furnace tune-up, you're going to be able to lock in a $29 price. And that $29 includes our no-breakdown guarantee, which means that if your furnace, after we go through it, if your furnace breaks down any time this winter, all you got to do is call any hour services and we're going to send a service technician out to your home to diagnose and troubleshoot the system for free plus we're going to give you the $29 back that you paid for the tune up. All right. Not Call. not only that is that impressive. Sign me up. Okay. Get yeah. Gordon on the schedule. Yeah, I want it. That I didn't want take that long. Deal. Oh, I mean that's you and saved hey, me a lot of money. Been on several furnaces. That's that stacks up, man. Uh, call any <laughs> hour services right now and save seventy dollars on a comprehensive furnace uh, furnace tune up with their no breakdown guarantee, ninety nine dollar value, only twenty nine bucks. But you got to call during the show to get the deal. 801-443-7400, 801-443-7400, or you can schedule online at anyhourservices.com. Mike, you're the best, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. More Big Show next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's game week for the Cougars.
Cougars. And the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It ain't over till it's over. Kalani Sataki and BYU take their undefeated record to Logan for a showdown against the Aggies. Listen all week for your chance to win tickets to the game and then catch all the play-by-play action beginning with a Cougar preview show. Friday at 6 on 97.5 FM with the post-game show immediately following the game. From Monday morning to the post-game press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of Cougar football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Your home for the best college football coverage in Utah. This is your Cougars at 30 update on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. time for your Cougar update. Here, here is uh, Neil Pau asked if BYU views Utah State as a rival. I've never seen Utah State as a rival. I know that we there's the wagon wheel and stuff, but I've only played them once. I didn't play them the, the last time that we won it because I was suspended. So, I mean, I just see them as another team. We saw Utah as another team, so that's what we're going to do it as. Just another team, Gordon. This update brought to you by Homie. Finally, the way real estate should be full service local agents, and you will save thousands. Homie, a better way to buy or sell. College football coverage in Utah is right here on the Zone Sports Network. We don't quit. Let's go. BYU hits the road to square off against Utah State in Logan as the Cougars look to keep their undefeated dream season alive. Hear every second of every minute of the game on the Zone Sports Network, beginning with the pregame show Friday at 6. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports. Sports Network. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, it's a total request Tuesday. Tweet Austin, tell him what you want to hear. Vegas themed, either bands, songs, whatever you're looking for. At Austin Horton, it's brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. For latest tour news and artist insight, go to livenation.com. At any moment, we could break in and go to jazz media availability. Gordon, it was supposed to be around noon. It is now mm-hmm. 2.36 and it has not started yet. Uh, so we may have that coming up. I'm, you think I'm, the fellows are getting worked pretty good? Uh, I don't know. I'm looking at uh, Walden, your boy from uh, the Salt Lake Tribune, has tweeted out a video of the Jazz practice setup at the Wynn Hotel. Pretty impressive. You ever stayed at the Wynn? No, but Very they're, nice. they're just practicing in the middle of one of those conference rooms. That's hilarious. I saw a picture of it, and uh, yeah, <laughs> that's what it looks like. It looks like a giant ballroom, doesn't it? Can we uh, let's let's reset that Neil Pau bite we played during the update for a sec here, Gordon? I'm I'm curious as to to what you think about what Neil said here because I wonder how these players really view this particular game BYU Utah State. Here you go. I've never seen Utah State as a rival. I know that we there's the wagon wheel and stuff, but I've only played them once. I didn't play them the, the last time that we won it because I was suspended. So I mean, I just see them as another team. We saw Utah as another team, so that's what we're going to do it as. I don't know what the hell that means. Just another team, Gordon. Well, it's not just another team. Those were two very deep sides, right? Well, (laughs) it's not. No? Okay. And and, and really, to say it's not, I don't think it really does you any service because you're going to have to bring some emotion to the game. Now, you don't want to freak yourself out or freak your teammates out, but – You've got to bring extra energy in a game like this. So Bronco always used to sell the just the other game. Why? Well, okay, what? Tell me the pros to that. Not too high, not too low. You treat every game the same, kind of like a repetition, that sort of thing. You set a standard, and you're expected to meet that standard all the time, regardless of who you're playing. But now, is that whether realistic? that's yeah, whether that's based in reality or not, I don't know. I I don't think it's just another game to the fans, certainly. But I always am curious how much that does trickle down to the players, because it it obviously does. 
I mean, you and I have both been on the sidelines for enough BYU-Utah games that that, that juice trickles down to the players for sure. But I wonder with—I mean, that's changed probably a little bit with BYU-Utah, and I wonder how much is there with BYU-Utah State because it's gotten more— there recently because Utah State's been competitive and won a few of these things and it's gone back and forth. Back when I first started this job, Gordon, in the early 2000s, not a whole lot of juice to that game because Utah State was so bad. So I, I don't know. I wonder. I, I just wonder how much trickles down to the players. Not much to Neil Pau, apparently. You think it emanates from the coach because there's usefulness to it. Obviously, there's some truth to that. I mean, you, you you can't freak yourself out like we were saying. But to bring extra emotion that is useful, I think that's one of the reasons that uh, that Kyle Whittingham has, uh, whether he admits it publicly or not, he has put a lot of emphasis on that Utah-BYU game. And his team, his team senses that from him. And they usually, you know, represent. Yeah. Yeah, and the, I, I think the same is true. They're going to go, and this is why. I don't think it would be as big a deal if they were playing in Provo, but since they're playing up at Maverick Stadium in Logan, that's going to be an emotional wave that hits them like a tsunami, and they're, they're going to have to be ready for that, and they're going to have to match that intensity and, and overcome it. And, you know, because sometimes, whether BYU think Neil Powell may think that BYU is the better team, and he should think that because everybody should think that about their, their own team. But if they don't fire up and, and bring uh, a bit of passion as players to this game, it doesn't matter whether Utah State isn't quite as good because if Utah State brings more of that and puts it to use in the right way, then that's enough to, to overcome. See, if I were coaches, I'd want to save that emotion for big games. When I wonder, we could debate whether this is a big game or not. I think I think it is a big game, but that helps to the juice from the rivalry. Like Utah, Colorado, we can all agree is super manufactured, right? Yeah. Like there's there's just no rivalry juice to that whatsoever. Still a league game though. But I mean, and yeah. and when Utah State was so bad, ask hands ask hands about this. Well, maybe not hands because he's got a personal kind of feeling about Utah State. But when he was there, you know, was there a lot of juice to the rivalry because it wasn't a big game because BYU would just pound them. So. I, I don't know. There's There's got to be – rivalries are better when they're not one-sided. And I'll even throw Utah-BYU in there even during the BYU's kind of drought because the games for the most yes. part were close. Good point. They weren't, they weren't necessarily blowouts. There was a blowout in there and some wider margins here or there. But for the most part, the games were really good. And you would say – I would say for many of those close games, Utah had more talent than BYU did. But BYU was this close to making up for it yeah. because they were charged up for it. But I, I think <laughs> I don't know where that comes from. Does it come from the local players? Does it come from the coach? Or, or, or does it come from the crowd noise? I'm not. The crowd noise is almost too late. You better have had it before that. Because then you might find yourself in a second, in the middle of the second quarter, you're going, "Wow, we got we got to fire up here." So I don't I don't know, and the local players is a weird one because you're here and you get it and you've seen it over the years, but you also know everybody on the other side of the yeah. line, which probably takes some of the edge off too, you know, because it's like, oh well, he was my teammate at Bingham or whatever. <laughs> so yeah. I I don't know. The BYU Utah State one is interesting. PK and DJ, and I'm I'm not sure, maybe we'll get to this and what's going on, but they had an interesting angle on it, you know. Utah State was loyal scheduling BYU through the independence. You know, should that be rewarded after BYU goes to the Big 12? Should they prioritize the in-state games and which ones? And it has become a better rivalry over the last 10 years. I love the in-state games. I think they should play them as often as possible. And even when, when BYU goes to the Big 12, so what? Keep playing it. That's always been my opinion as far as Utah goes, so I'm certainly not going to change it for BYU. Now, either. I know every once in a while people say, like this Notre Dame game that BYU just announced. You know, wouldn't that—okay, uh, there are exceptions where it would be good uh, for them to play a team like that, but keep the in-state rivalry games as, as much as you possibly can because the fans love them. 
All right, we're hoping jazz media availability next. Stay tuned. It's The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. Nick Ford, University of Utah, offensive lineman. This has obviously been a couple of really difficult days for the University of Utah. What can you tell the fans who woke up to this news and were shocked? I mean, they don't have the personal relationships that obviously fellow players are going to have. Yeah, I mean, it's something, you know, you never want to hear. And sadly, you hear it twice in under a year. And it's tough. As a group right now, we're continuing on because we know that Ty and Ayla would have wanted that. And we all understand that's the best way to honor them and their lives is to continue on pushing. It's a really players-led program and a brotherhood, honestly, like no other. And it's time like this where it shows because you honestly see how hurt people are by this. And you also see how much other people care and, you know, take care of each other. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. For the best college football coverage in Utah, this is your Utes at 50 update on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Your Ute update here on the big show. Here is Coach Witt talking about uh, coaching against turnovers and mistakes. We coach it every day without fail, and uh, we're going to continue to coach it every day, and, and we just got to keep harping on it until we get the results we need. And it's, uh, you know, you start talking about it too much, it almost becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy where it becomes a, a distraction. And so we just got to go back to work, fundamentally carry the football like we're taught to do, and uh, we should be okay. This update brought to you by Marley's Gourmet Sliders. Whether it's the classic Rickster Killer, Handsome Raw Pastrami Fajita, or Killer Breakfast Burritos. And don't forget those uh, the best shoestring fries out there. Marley's Gourmet Sliders will satisfy any hunger. Just off 515 inside Timpanogos Harley-Davidson. That is Marley's. The best college football coverage in Utah is right here on the Zone Sports Network. We don't quit. Let's go. Blake Anderson and the Aggies welcome in BYU for a showdown against the Cougars in Maverick Stadium. Hear all the play-by-play action on the Zone Sports Network, beginning with a pregame show Friday at 6. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. There you go. Punks in Vegas by the Bouncing Souls. This goes out to who? Casual jazz fan. Casual jazz fan. Uh, Today's theme for Total Cross Tuesday, Vegas songs. (laughs) I was down down in Vegas. We were celebrating my wife. Uh, She had gotten a new uh, job with a new law firm. So we didn't have kids at this point. So we bounced to Vegas. And it was uh, for a weekend to celebrate, and it was during some sort of punk festival. I'm sure somebody of will know exactly what I'm talking about. Like, oh, yeah, it's the Leather and Spikes convention, <laughs> you know. But I'll, I'll tell you what, riding up the elevator, from, you know, from time to time was like, oh, I know why you're in town. <laughs> yeah. People get yeah. into that sort of stuff. I like suppose. if you've been to Vegas during Buffett or anything oh, like that, yeah, you yeah. see grass, grass skirts, skirts yeah. everywhere. Yep. I was in Vegas when Fish was in town once. That was an interesting c- crowd. Fish is kind of uh, the closest thing to the dead, right? It was. I don't know if you would consider that anymore. I've seen Fish yeah. a couple of times. Mm-hmm. It's a good show. It's a, it's a jam band, right? Uh, let's uh, let's jump to Mike, then we'll get to the jazz media availability. Mike, of course, our good friend from Any Hour Services here. You ready for your jazz season, Mike? You ready to go? I'm ready. I'm excited. Yeah. They did really well last year and show a lot of promise this year. I got a question for you, Mike. Mm-hmm. Uh, serious. Uh, what what what's about the timing for getting this tune up for your for, for I mean, what should people consider when it comes to getting this schedule? Like, when, how important is it to get it done really soon? Yeah, I mean, we, I, I mean, we've all or, lived or through this. in the this. fall or before winter. Or sure. What? Yeah. yeah. What? Well, here's the thing. I would say that if you're if you're worried about how your furnace was performing last year, if if it's starting to if it's getting older and you're worried that it's not as efficient or that it's not as safe, then the sooner the better for that. But as far as like 
to turn the furnace on. It's it's designed that if you go to the the furnace. As a matter of fact, this is one of the biggest tips I can give people right now before it gets really cold and you have to have your furnace to like stay uh, comfortable. Go and turn your furnace on now. Go to the thermostat. Turn it to the auto or the heat setting, and then turn the temperature up high enough that it actually causes the furnace to kick on. The reason that you want to do this is you're trying to see, okay, is the thing going to automatically fire up because it should, uh, and let it run for about 10, 15 minutes and make sure that it's still producing heat at the end of that time because you want to make sure that there nothing's happened to cause the thing to overheat and shut down because that's what could happen in the middle of the night. So if everything was working last year. If you had the thing serviced, you should have no problem turning the thing on and having it just fire up. But if you're worried about it, find somebody to come out and and uh, you know tune it up sooner than later. But well, don't, uh, don't you want? Oh, sorry. Jay. No, I, I was just this is a dumb question. What is that uh, wonderful burning smell you always get? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so there's a heat exchanger inside. So the when the gas ignites, it's just blowing you know flames into this big metal either tubes or these plates. And what happens is over the summer, d- dust and things that are blowing through the system can settle on the heat exchanger. So when it gets really, really hot, it's like when you turn a, a stove top on and there's something sitting on the thing and it kind of burns yeah, that, yeah. that off and you get a smell. It's just dust and, and dirt and things that were in the air. So it shouldn't last forever. It should just burn that off and you'll get that smell that's like, oh, it's fall and the thing kicked on. Uh, but it, it, it shouldn't be dangerous. All right. And the deal today is terrific. Yeah, you know, th- throughout the show, we'll keep talking about more things that we can do to help our furnaces, uh, you know, run better. But in the owner's manual of your furnaces, there's a section, a maintenance section, and there's usually a clause that says something to the effect of, in addition to the maintenance that you perform, you should have your system checked out by a properly trained technician. And the whole point of doing that is that manufacturers want to make them sure that the thing is safe and working the way that it should. And so we based our tune up off of the manufacturer's recommended maintenance and inspection items. So normally we charge $99 to go through the system top to bottom. We check the ignition sequence. I mean, we make sure it's venting the, the unburned, the, the gas is off properly and that it's not going to overheat. And it's well worth it at that $99. But tonight, any zone listener that calls in and just gets on the schedule for whenever's convenient for you, you're going to lock in a $70 savings and be able to get it done for $29. And that $29 price, even if you did think like, oh, well, I don't know if I want to do it. <laughs> I'm guaranteeing you that the thing isn't going to break down after we service it. And if it does, all you have to do is call us up. We'll send somebody out there to diagnose and troubleshoot the the thing for free to figure out what went wrong and to back up our tune-up. We're actually going to give you back whatever you paid for the tune-up. So if you call us tomorrow and you pay $99 for a tune-up, we're going to give you the $99 back. But if you call tonight and get this $70 savings and get it done for $29 if it breaks down, Awesome. What we'll a give deal. You 29 back. So good. All right. Call any of our services right now. Save 70 bucks on a comprehensive furnace tune up with their no breakdown guarantee. $99 value, only 29 bucks, but you got to call tonight. 801 443 7400. 801 443 7400. Or you can schedule online anyhourservices.com. Thanks, Mike. You're welcome. All right. Let's now uh, go down to Vegas and hear from Joe Ingles. Obviously, him coming here. So, um, yeah, I mean, if, I've liked I've liked his game. I've liked his, his the way he plays for for a long time. I don't have he's played like it's like his 16th year or something, 15th year. Um, he's the oldest in the team, which is great for me because I was the oldest in the team. Um, but I think he'll help us. I think the versatility um, obviously can play multiple positions because space the floor. Um, he's he's a tall, strong. He's a, like he's a big dude. He's bigger than I kind of anticipate. Obviously, just playing against him, so. Um, he can't shoot like me, but he's got all of uh, a lot of things that'll that'll help us this year. When when you look at the the core of this team, you guys have been together for a long time. Yeah. And then you know, first day of training camp. I mean, you guys know a lot of the sets. You know a lot of the actions. Um, what can be presented to you guys that you haven't seen before, and what do you translate into to the new guys in terms of trying to bring them along and bring them up to speed? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that, like you said, obviously our, our kind of core group, that main group has been together for a while. It's, it's a lot easier the first day of camp. Like it is like with, with bringing so many guys back than it was whatever, four or five years ago when we had that big turnover um, of players. So things get incorporated a bit quicker. Um, obviously on the sidelines, we can speak to the other guys to, to kind of help speed them up as well. Um, 
I think in, in terms of our team, um, I think some, something that we'll see and we'll constantly see is this, the switch. That's a red flag. <laughs> if you get three red flags, you get a punishment. Um, Clarky's got one red flag too. Um, switching defense obviously has been the thing that teams have thought it's worked against us and, and has at times, obviously. Um, I think obviously with the additions we've got, but that, that'll be a focus. Um, we, we, we talked about it a little bit today, just just trying to figure things out and um, get better in that. I think there's, there was games and, and series or whatever that we, we did really well in it. And there was obviously games that we, we didn't. So um, I think against a lot of other de- defenses, we're, we're pretty good um, or very good. Um, yeah, so th- that will, will always be a focus. Then I think for us, like getting out and running, I, I think we we can run with, with the best of, of anyone. Um, we can get up and down the floor. We, we've obviously can space the floor. And then with Rudy and Hassan rolling down the, the room, it's um, it's a pretty good mix of, of both. So obviously we'll go over a lot in this three days or whatever it is here. Um, yeah, but I think the, the thing we always see, as you guys know, is like the switching defense and, and for us to figure that out and, and be really good at it which I think we can do. So like probably 10 times a year, maybe a reporter asks you about the trash talking. <laughs> it's so annoying. Is it, that's, that's what I'm wondering. Is, like, is it, it annoying that people ask you about that much? Uh, yeah, I actually gen- like genuinely probably hate that question more than anything. Um, it's just like, I, I mean, it's just a part, of, it's a part of the game, obviously, as you guys know, it's, it happens like the quietest guy, I don't know who the quietest guy on our team is. I'm sure they've all trash talked to some point. Like it's just a part of the game. It is what it is. And um, I like, I, yeah. Can you let everyone know not to ask me that question anymore? I really do that. Thank you. <laughs> so now she's she going to ask that and you're going to follow it up. <laughs> when I just said I hate is my most hated question. When you hear um, then I hope it never comes up again. I don't have to talk about it anymore. <laughs> Joe, what's it, what's it like being in I know a few guys talked about like the similarity of like this situation to like the Orlando bubble. Like, yeah. What's it like actually just being in that other room, you know, with like chandeliers and, you know, <laughs> like how, do, how does it impact like your preparation? Um, not to, I honestly didn't even notice them until you said that. So, um, shows my attention to detail, but a 17 year old Joe probably would have kicked a ball up there at some point and broke it, which is good that I'm a bit more mature now, but, um, I mean, it's, you got, I mean, you guys saw it. It's obviously a very elite, um, set up with our weight room down this end and, and training tables and someone handed me a smoothie and, uh, it's obviously a, a pretty elite setup. So it's. I mean, it's obviously nice if you are going to go somewhere and we're not at um, the practice facility. It's nice to have everything here and be able to walk like six minutes to my room and, and not kind of have to pass too many people or anything. So um, obviously in Vegas is the, the part that's annoying being away from, from everything. But when you're going to do it or if you're going to do it, if you do it at a, at a high level, I think you can make it worthwhile. And obviously they've, they've done that and, and we'll, we'll make sure it's worthwhile. Yeah, Joe, you mentioned kind of the switching defenses, but kind of last year, maybe the biggest problem was them attacking you when playing small ball, right? So I'm kind of curious, has that been a focus of, of day one of just kind of like, hey, how do we defend against these kind of small ball lineups? Um, yeah, I mean, I, we, we didn't do much of it today. We, we talked about it, Quinn. Um, Spoke to us obviously at the start of practice. I don't know where to look. It's really awkward. Um, I'm just going to look at you guys because it will make me feel. <laughs> um, we we talked about it at the start of practice, but um, obviously with like we've got the three time defensive. Like we're not going to not play Rudy. Like it's uh, um, Rudy's obviously going to be in the game majority of the game for eighty two or and and longer. So um, just, just figuring out where it is, like who he guards, who we guard, what, what the matchups are. Um, again, I think there's times we've, we've done it well. Um, and then there's times that we've, we haven't done it well. So, um, it's obviously something that I have no doubt coaches watched a, a lot of film on and, um, throughout this process, obviously this next couple of weeks and preseason will, um, 
we'll, we'll talk about it more and um, and hopefully get a, a clear picture. So when we are getting later in the year, we've we've worked on it, we've done it, and we can can go into a playoff series with it. Right, we have uh, Ben Anderson on Zoom. Joe, I know you didn't come into the NBA as a 20-year-old, but for a guy like Jared Butler who's coming in, what is maybe like one or two things that you think would really help going into your first training camp that you knew? And then what are a couple of things that you just can't understand about the league until you've been around for a little bit? Um, I mean, the understanding part, the, the not understanding, I think it's just the, the schedule and the, the travel schedule and games. And I don't know how many college games you play a year, but it, I doubt it's eight. How many, I don't know, 30, 40 or something? 35. So he's not, obviously that's something that you can only emulate by actually doing it. So once this year goes on and I remember my first year and I think even in my second year, that the, the tiredness and fatigue just from from the difference in travel and games and sleep and, and figuring it out along the way. Um, in terms of kind of helping him and all that, I think, the, f- the flip side of that is like talking and talking to the older guys, helping him on the court, off the court, um, whether it be travel or things that can help him in that way, or obviously on the court, um, things that can help him in the gym, on the court, whatever it is, treatment, pre-practice, post-practice. Um, his body will probably feel a lot better after this week than a few of us older guys, but um, there, there's a lot of learning curves in, in, in the NBA and, um, like you said, a lot of them um, almost just come along the way. You kind of learn through the experience of, of being in this league. So you hate not playing. Like, not playing? Yeah, you hate not playing. Yeah. And, <laughs> um, you know, so the, I don't know where you're going with this. The, 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 the question is, I mean, if, if the team came to you and said, hey, you know, we want to just kind of, you know, stretch you out, try to keep you fresh for the for when it really matters in the playoffs. How do you how do you react to that? Um, probably with some words that I couldn't say to, on this, but um, I mean, throughout my career, like you said, I mean, I do. I hate missing games. That's why I have a, I guess, a sense of pride to to be out there and and try and help my team. Um, on the flip side of that, I've also been very lucky injury wise to to not have to really miss games. Um, yeah, the fatigue's a real thing. That's no no joke. And with national team and doing all that, it's, um, it's something we've talked about um, very, very early on, obviously, right now. But um, even through training camp, getting in and out of some things just to, to not be in the, the, the whole two hours or whatever we, we practice for. Um, but obviously, at the end of the day, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust coach. I'm going to trust our, our health performance, whatever the team they are, whatever you call them, performance team. Um, as I have my whole career, I remember... Um, instances in my seven years that people have come to me and said, like, you need to sit and we've had a debate about it and I haven't sat, but um, obviously very willing to, to listen to those conversations. And if they give me the facts of, of why and um, why it's necessary, I'm obviously going to listen. I, I don't get, have a PhD in that. So I'm not going to try and pretend I know, know what I'm saying or doing. So if they come to me and it's uh, obviously a discussion and, and they believe it, then I'll, I'll, I'll trust in what they say. It'd be hard, but I'll probably, I'll probably still play. All right, there you go. That's Joe Ingles. We'll have hopefully more jazz sound for you coming up right around the corner on the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.